Hey, Gary. I was just looking for the sports channel. Uh, welcome to Absorbent and Yellow, the podcast where me and my friends talk about the making of and our admiration for SpongeBob SquarePants. We are back for season two of SpongeBob SquarePants and season two of Absorbent and Yellow, a SpongeBob deep dive. I hope you enjoyed uh, last week our deep dive into the SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water because um, I didn't. Just kidding. It was fun to talk about, but probably not going to watch that movie ever again. But hey, listen, we're not here to talk about that. And we're not here to hate on anything. We're here to talk about the best episode. No, not episode. The best season of SpongeBob SquarePants ever, which is, of course, season two. I hope that you'll agree with me. But even if you don't, that's okay. Hey, listen, I've got... uh, I was hoping that this would happen, and it has happened, and I'm glad. Okay, so last week, it was no secret that me and Gesser Wadka did not enjoy the SpongeBob movie, right? And we, you know, I got a little bit into, you know, uh, Paul Tibbet and the seasons that he ran and stuff like that. And I know that I'm probably overly apologetic. I'm sure that I don't need to come back to this. But after listening to the podcast it it did make me want like my own podcast i mean that last episode it did make me want to kind of uh circle back and really uh praise paul tibbet for all the awesome stuff that he's done on spongebob and i hope that that doesn't feel like a backhanded compliment or like no you really are good at some stuff you know genuinely I, i hope that uh okay listen here's my point paul tibbet is a beast of a writer and creator. And we have two very, 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 very funny episodes today. And one of them was written by Paul Tibbet. And I'm pulling up the holy frick, both episodes written by Paul Tibbet. So lest you think that I'm a Paul Tibbet hater, just get ready to hear me sing my praises. For season two in general, which of course is Paul Tibbet all over it, but these freaking episodes are freaking funny as frick. Okay, listen, we're going to get into season two. I'm very, 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 very excited. Um, let's see. Should I do listener mail first or should I um, talk about season two some? Uh, we'll talk about season two first and then we'll get into listener mail later. So uh, we'll have a mystery segment after this one. Who knows what it will be? Um... But yeah, okay, so we're on to season two of SpongeBob. You've heard me say several times that this is my favorite season of SpongeBob. I'm so freaking excited. I don't know if there will be a single week this season where I'm not dying laughing at one of, if not both, episodes covered each week. Okay, notable things as we transition um, from season uh one to season two so of course naturally you go on to the second season and there's a whole bunch of new writers on the show all the main uh cast of of writers and creators uh are all still there um i've got some uh just charming stuff from uh different resources uh the uh, oral history of spongebob squarepants and a wonderful paragraph from wikipedia but 
Listen, uh, Eric Weiss uh, talks in an oral history of SpongeBob. Um, he says this during the first few years of SpongeBob, Steve had his hand in every part of production until it was finely tuned, altering the design, storyboards, layouts, and art direction some more until everyone knew what the vision of the show was. I seem to recall that by the end of the second season, the show, he had uh, really. Oh, uh, I read that wrong. Come on. I seem to recall that by the end of second season, mm, 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 we got a typo. I can't work like this. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Okay. That wasn't that funny of a joke. I seem to recall that by the second, the end of the second season of the show, he had really come to uh, an end adjusting the show. It was finally the show it was supposed to be. Now, when I look back at other animated television shows, I can see the evolution that it has to take before it finally reaches its final look, sometimes for better or for worse. So I love that. Uh, we've talked before about I really do think that the show really found its footing, you know, halfway through season one. I mean, really out the gate, like the pilot is just so solid. And even after just the first three weeks of SpongeBob, you know what the show is, you know what it feels like. Um, but by season two, you can tell like Steven Hillenberg is just tweaking and tweaking and getting the character models just right, you know, so that by the end of the season and then going into season three, uh, you know exactly what they look like, you know. And I think that that's part of the reason why this is so nostalgic for me um, is season two and the look of it, uh, because all of the marketing and the merchandising and everything around SpongeBob for me and my childhood very much looks like all of the character models designs of season two SpongeBob. Um, another quote here from uh, Kent Osborne, writer and storyboard director. Um, he uh, says here, I'd met Steve Hillenberg a couple times uh, through my brother. His brother is Mark Osborne, who co-directed co Kung Fu Panda. Um, I'd seen the SpongeBob pilot. It was really good, and I'd heard the show was doing well. In 2000, they had a position open for a writer in the second season. Steve brought me in for an interview. I went into the interview and was really nervous because I'd never done anything like it before. I didn't know uh, much about animation other than what I watched growing up. They were uh, seeing a number of people. They wanted a one-page premise, a story that you could see SpongeBob doing. And they said, we don't want the roller skating episode. We've seen all that. I had no idea what they were talking about. And I was out of my element. I didn't know what I was doing there. I really wanted the job and thought it would be a cool job. But I went in there and botched the interview. So uh, Kent Osborne goes on to talk about how he ended up getting a job um, on season three. But read that quote because it's just interesting. It kind of shows the confidence uh, that they have going into season two. Uh, we need strong stories. Um, Kent Osborne would go on to be one of the great um, writers on SpongeBob and would go on to co-create his own show, uh, Camp Laszlo, which maybe some of you watched on Cartoon Network um, growing up so the spongebob crew is halfway through creating season one right and nickelodeon knows that they've got something special halfway through production of season one they order a full second season uh on august 31st 1999 to be exact um and uh the the second season wouldn't premiere um uh for 
uh, until more than a year later, October 26 of 2000, which of course we've talked about this before as well. Um, everyone on the show is just like elated. Like they're like, you know, you just go incrementally uh, with creative projects like this. Like you hope that uh, you can get the pilot made and that it gets picked up. And then you hope that they let you do an entire first season. And then like to be on a second season uh, is like, oh my gosh, like this is so crazy. We never thought that we'd make it this far. Um, and you can definitely tell from uh, kind of the uh, zoomed out picture that SpongeBob is really starting to take off now in the second season. The second season, of course, um, is uh, switched from cell animation to digital ink and paint, which I love. I love the the charming hand-drawn look of the cell animation, but digital ink and paint um, just feels like SpongeBob um, to me. Uh, and then, of course, um, Derek Dryman, in a couple different interviews, he's talked about how either this switch was halfway through season one or onto season two. But um, at the outset of the show, you had many stories coming from the uh, story Bible that Steven Hillenberg put together. Um, but now after they've gone through all of that, many of the stories are coming either from just random places um, in uh, their minds um, through word association, stuff like that. Go back and listen to uh, what episode was it? I think it was on squeaky boots that I talked about, um, how Derek Dryman picked up, um, a copy of Ray Bradbury's book, uh, Zen in the art of writing. Um, a lot of stuff came out of that, but then a lot of stories from season two will come out of personal, uh, memories from childhood of all of these writers. And like I said, the show has just totally taken off by this point. Um, listen to this uh, blurb from, I think this is from either Wikipedia or the SpongeBob uh, fan wiki. During the uh, season's run, the second season that is, SpongeBob SquarePants became Nickelodeon's number two children's program behind Rugrats. Dude, frick Rugrats, am I right? Just kidding, I like Rugrats, but SpongeBob is so much better. That really surprises me that it's still behind Rugrats at this point. But um, it's number two on Nickelodeon. Nearly 40% of SpongeBob's audience of 2.2 million were age 18 to 34 so that's very interesting for telling um how the show would be so popular with an older crowd i of course and probably you were not old at that time but here we are old and the show still holds up uh, the show signed a marketing deal with target with burger king expanding its merchandising and spongebob's popularity translated well into sales figures in 2002 the show was nomin nominated at the primetime emmy awards for outstanding children's program uh tom kenny and mary joe catlett were individually nominated at the 29th annie awards for their voice performances as spongebob and mrs puff respectively Peter Strauss and Paul Tibbet were also nominated at the ceremony for their work on the Christmas Who special. Love that episode. Um, then the episodes The Secret Box and Band Keeks won at the 2002 Golden Reel Awards for Best Sound Editing and Television Animation, while the episodes Jellyfish Hunter and the Fry Cook Games uh, received a nomination for Best Sound Editing in Television Animation Music category. It's a weird breakdown of categories but man band geeks favorite episode of spongebob ever um please remind me someone to uh on a future episode maybe on the band geeks episode um talk about the uh sound designer on the show jeff hutchins um and if you are a big spongebob fan um and want to follow spongebob creators that are so active on twitter go find jeff hutchins the history that he posts on there is very, very fascinating. So anyway, we're in to season 
two. Uh, let's see. Am I missing anything here? Blah, 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 blah. Dude, it's just freaking awesome. As I was thinking on um, some of the past podcast episodes and just trying to think, is there anything that I've like missed or forgotten or whatever? A couple of things. I mean, I so I need to talk about the sound design. Jeff Hutchins, that won't be this episode. We need to talk about the background design and how awesome that is. Um, here's just one that won't take that long to talk about, so I'll just throw it out now. Looking back on season one and going into season two, um, pay attention going forward uh, on uh, the show Spongebob um, and I guess maybe listen to the podcast, but pay attention to the walk cycles. Okay. So when I say walk cycles, um, we've uh, noticed them before. I think even on the first episode, we uh, drew attention to it, but um, all the different characters of course have very unique sounds to their uh, feet, how they walk, etc. We'll get into that some when we talk more about Jeff Hutchins, but um some of the sound of it comes from, you know, Jeff Hutchins genius, but mostly through his collaboration uh, with Steven Hillenberg, uh, who was very intentional about designing the walk cycles and sounds of each character. Uh, and I just think that this is really cool. Um, basically, uh, one of the last things that he worked on before his untimely passing um, was an animated short called Hollywood Boulevard USA um, in which it's uh, I believe it's two minutes and it's an animated um, film that's just walk cycles he's just he videotaped people walking down Hollywood Boulevard and then animated them um, and he said in interviews that he's just really fascinated um, by uh, walk cycles and how much you can tell about a person um, from the way that they walk, the way that they carry themselves. And so I think that that in its own right is like kind of a really, I don't know, beautiful artistic observation on his part. But then when I learned about that last project that he worked on or one of the last projects um, and then look at SpongeBob, I'm like, oh, of course, like that, that's been on his mind for literally decades because um, he made that uh, animated short in 2010 and this is obviously way back 1999 when the show premieres and now we're uh in 2000 on season two um and so just the way that spongebob walks and carries himself the way that squidward walks and in the sounds that his feet make the kind of anxious pitter patter of mr Krabs walk uh just super fascinating okay so that's kind of my flyover of season two we'll of course get into more detail as we go uh throughout the season and through each episode but now we have to go into the uh the best segment ever it's not the best I mean, it's not bad. That may, that sounded like I'm like hating on the segment, or it's like a subpar segment. But I mean, like I, describing the episode's got to be the best, right? Let's go to listener mail. It's time for fan mail. Hi, hooray! Welcome back to listener mail, the segment where we read some listener mail. Uh, we've got uh, a letter from—it's an email, but we'll we'll call it a letter uh, from Kai, who wrote into Sponge at SpamRobots.com, just like you can. Kai says this: uh, "It's neat to know." You read these emails. I'm really excited about the direction this podcast is going. The new segments improve the organization of the cast. I've always been interested in marine biology as well as animation. SpongeBob is a perfect combination of the two, and so I thoroughly enjoy the numerous nautical references. Glad that other people agree that the idea of spinoffs and crossovers is a money-making scheme of corporate Nick. 
Maybe you should do a mini series of SpongeBob theories, lore, and music, stuff that's not directly a part of the episodes, uh, like how you uh, elaborate on the background and making of the show. You do your research, and it adds so much to the cast. Love listening. Don't stop creating. Kai, you better freaking believe I'm not going to stop creating, and I'm not going to stop reading your fan mail because you sent in uh, a second email that says, also, I found the podcast through YouTube, sent from my iPhone. Do you guys, it baffles me that a company like Apple, which prides itself on like user friendliness and designeriness, still will say if you're sending an email from your iPhone in the year 2020. Uh, anyway, I'm not making fun of you guys. Just I'm, I'm making fun of Steve Cook or Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Apple. Um, and then the subject of this email is pie hammock. So I was going to ask which... Uh, video of mine is your favorite and why is it how to do it in a hammock um, but evidently that maybe maybe that is your favorite welcome from YouTube welcome to all my uh, YouTube subscribers and if you uh, are just listening because you're a friend of mine and you heard about this podcast um, don't go watch my YouTube channel because it I mean it doesn't suck but it's just okay we got another email from maybe the biggest fan of the podcast Mark Milligan he said, Morgan totally said those Roman names wrong. This made me laugh for two different reasons. Um, for one, um, it's just, you know, it's of course, it's silly because, I mean, you guys don't know Mark as well. You heard him on the podcast, um, but there's no chance in heck that he knows how to pronounce any of those Roman gods' names. Um, but Two, it made me laugh because like I very explicitly called him out in the episode that came out the week that he sent me this. Um and so it's just funny because it I think Mark's a week behind. Not that that's a bad thing. You guys can listen to this podcast in whatever the freaking order you want. Sorry there's so many frickins on this episode today. So that's listener mail, and of course we've got a new review. This review comes in from the I think they just type gibberish on their, um, um, their, oh, do I have two new reviews? Holy frick. Holy frick. I do. Frick. Yeah. Okay. It says to Sam. Sorry, everyone. Hey, you know what I've noticed? I'm all over the place. This is already, this is going to be too long of an intro and a podcast. Um, have I ever said what my name is on the podcast? I don't think that I have. I'm sure that the guests would be like, hey, Sam, this is the best podcast ever. But my name's Sam Roberts. Nice to meet you. To Sam, this podcast has been a great way to see that SpongeBob is so much more than a cartoon and a funny show. It is made me want to watch SpongeBob more. And that is good because I love to bing watch shows. Thank you. Form your biggest fan. Love it. Thank you. And uh, this one is from Hot Dog, yo. This isn't your average everyday podcast. This is advanced podcast. This is my new favorite podcast. I look forward to it every week, and it always puts me in a good mood. So glad this exists and so excited to keep listening. Love, your biggest fan. Frick yeah, everybody. Keep writing in. Um, those were great um, reviews. Remember, I I don't read the reviews before I start recording. And so if you want to try and make 
me break and start laughing. You can write something silly and I'll read it out loud. And, um, yeah. Okay. So that's listener mail. That's the reviews. I don't think I have anything else. I'm excited. Of course, for season two, uh, same as season one, we are mostly going to go through this, uh, by, um, production order. It's confusing. You know, you, you, if you look up season one, season two, whatever of SpongeBob, it will clearly say this is episode one, this is episode two, so on and so forth. Um, but that's not actually accurate to like the order that they aired on Nickelodeon. So that's weird, but it's also not the production order because they produce them out of order, but whatever. If you look up on Amazon or on the back of your DVD or whatever, we're going to go through in that order, except we will have one episode out of order. It will be obvious when we get to it. Uh, season two. So excited. Leave a review. So delighted. <sighs> Let's get into shoes. Un- your shoes untied. Just looking for the sports channel, Gary. Come in. It's SpongeBob. Want to see my new shoes? Wow, those are great, Patrick. Let's see what they look like on your feet. Uh, wouldn't you rather see them on my hands? Okay, and we can wear gloves on our feet and hats on our captain's quarters, too. Uh, actually, I have a confession to make. I don't know how to tie my shoelaces. Ah, Do you know how lucky you are to have a friend like me? Yes. Look at this knot. Have you ever seen a more perfectly executed shoe fastening bow? Gosh, probably not. I learned when I was just a boy, Patrick, and I'm willing to pass on what I know. Go sit over there and let an old pro show you how to do it. Pay close attention, Patrick. Well, you start by taking one lace per hand, and then you, uh, you gotta loop the, the, the... Are you sure you know how to do it? Patrick, please, shoe tying requires peace and quiet. Okay, where was I? Your shoes are still untied. Well, I guess you don't want me to show you how to do it. I'm sorry, I won't interrupt anymore. We are back with the episode, Your Shoes Untied. Okay, so I... Remember this episode, I, I do, and um, it's a memorable one, and I remember liking it. I knew that I would like it, um, but I think for whatever reason, it, it was always a little bit more of an obscure episode, more of a deep cut in my mind, but I was so shocked at how freaking funny and good this episode is. Like, season two is just so good that it's impossible to say this early on, but this really might end up in like my top six (laughs) favorite episodes because this was so delightful and so funny um the episode of course the premise is very simple spongebob does not remember how to tie his shoes uh like i said before the show just um it's it's feels like it's really it's finding its footing uh animation wise they're they're kind of like um uh 
I don't know, easing into the digital ink and paint. It doesn't look bad at all. It's very charming because I think that this is one of the few episodes that will really feel in between the the messiness of season one and then like the really tightness of late season two, season three uh, of the digital ink and paint. There's some like, I don't know, uh, frames, animation, whatever that feel like kind of jumpy. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's charming. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know what I mean, but, but it's also so confident. There's so many more cutaways to, uh, painted close-ups, stuff like that. The dialogue is just so good. It's so like sitcom-esque, you know, cold open, um, on SpongeBob watching TV. Uh, the, you know, the dialogue is very Seinfeld-esque. I know that I've said that a lot. I don't think it's like a direct reference to Seinfeld or anything like that, but like that, like, oh, Patrick, like, uh, just you wait. I, I am an expert at tying shoes, whatever. Feels like a very George Costanza type thing. The animation and, and even just like the drawing feels uh, very Simpsons-esque to me and maybe even a little bit like Family Guy-esque and just like the way that SpongeBob's faces, Patrick's faces are being drawn. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way, nor do I even mean it in like, oh, they're just trying to copy Simpsons or whatever. I mean that in like a weird like, SpongeBob is so confident beyond like kids programming at this point. Like, I mean, this maybe sounds silly, but SpongeBob is the Simpsons of um, Nickelodeon, right? And, and if, if you've watched The Simpsons, you maybe get um, the feel that I'm describing. Uh, it's it's an adult show, and it's like just really confident, competent storytelling um, and comedy, um, and that's what SpongeBob is on Nickelodeon. Of course, it's a kid show. It's not made for adults, quote unquote, like primarily. Um, but like the humor is in the characters and the interactions and stuff, and not just like zany throw crap at the wall and you know get hit on the head with a hammer but i mean can i even say that because we are certainly gonna have very funny people getting hit in the head later in the episode uh the whole like just concept of like they're just shooting the shoot about shoes is so weird and so funny to me and the premise of him forgetting how to tie his shoes is so weird and such like a delightful um way uh really fun um uh, uh see jokes or puns here captain's quarters for talking about you know you're behind uh patrick says ah oh, poop deck uh later um it's just so fun uh spongebob talks uh later on about how he's um never untied his shoes since he was a child and it's uh, cuts away to like an individual cell, which was very strange in a delightful way. And then I have in my notes here, this is a cartoon, man. Like, I, I maybe this is going to sound like contradictory to what I just said about this being sophisticated and confident and stuff. But you can tell that the people who created this show grew up on Popeye on Looney Tunes, stuff like that, um, where the medium is cartoon. Like it's, it's to be entertaining and zany and really artistic in the squash and stretch and the comedic timing. Um, I mean, it just, it's got Bugs Bunny written all over it. Um, 
And I don't know, there's just something like really beautiful and awesome about that. And you can tell that the people making this cartoon got that. Like I know that Jay Lunder in one interview, he didn't write on this episode, but We've, of course, talked about him a lot on the podcast, and he talked in one interview how growing up, he would watch Looney Tunes. He'd like, you know, think a joke was super funny and then like rewind uh, the episode and and then like rewatch. Be like, why was that funny? And then you watch another cartoon and be like, that wasn't funny. How are they doing funny right on this cartoon that it doesn't work here? Like, what did they screw up here? And then, of course, later in his uh, adult life, in his career, uh, figuring out, like, how do I do funny like that that I grew up on? And you can just see that all over the show here. It's just so funny and fun and delightful. And it's just like a ride, man. Such like an awesome Saturday morning feeling. So SpongeBob can't get his shoes tied. Um, He's uh, tripping (laughs) so much. And I was smiling so much um, at uh, SpongeBob tripping over and over for as simple as that is. And then the kind of like hard cutaway to (laughs) Patrick eating a Krabby Patty um, while still wearing the shoes, like for whatever reason, caught me off guard and thought was so funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love the clip that I'm about to play, but I cannot believe I have not acknowledged. This has got to be the most, I don't know, loud innuendo in all of SpongeBob. One of, I suppose that he makes a joke in a later episode about dropping soap, but um, <laughs> SpongeBob, I don't want to over explain it, but when you watch this episode, how you interpret SpongeBob watching TV at the start, you are interpreting it correctly. So freaking hilarious. And I lost it um, at this episode uh, opening. I just can't believe like the gall, the, the guts to just blast into season two with that shocking of a joke. I love it. Okay. This next clip, as SpongeBob arrives at the Krusty Krab um, and finds that uh, Patrick is there, um, is one of the funniest things ever produced, produced, uh, produced in the history of television. Hi, SpongeBob. Ah! Oh no! I can't let Patrick see. I still haven't tied my shoes. Hang on, I gotta listen to it again. Hi, SpongeBob. Ah! Oh no, I can't let Patrick see I still haven't tied my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, SpongeBob freaking blasts his feet (laughs) through the floor. The sound is so funny. And then you have coach. Just like I'm imagining them like pitching the storyboard like what he does is when you like when you walk through snow, you know, like you step into the snow and it's deeper than you thought or you're not wearing snow boots and you kind of just like force your way through it. But just splintering wood all the way back uh, to the kitchen, plays it cool um, and he makes it back uh, to make some um, Krabby Patties. Uh, It's 
so funny how much they're getting out of such a simple premise. Um, but of course, uh, you know, SpongeBob thinks that he's he's going to be able to handle this just fine. He can make Krabby Patties from one location until Squidward throws a wrench in those plans. Hey, Squidward, I've got an idea. How about you come get it? Oh, gee, SpongeBob, that's a great idea. And maybe I should cook the patties and do the dishes and wear square pants and live in a pineapple while you wait in the unemployment line. No. Then bring that patty here now. Okay, Squidward, here I come. I'm coming over. I'm bringing the patty to you. Here comes the patty. No problem. I'm walking the Krabby Patty over to Squidward. All right, Squidward. I'm giving you the patty for the hungry customer so they can eat it when I give it to you. Which is right now. Uh, SpongeBob. I'm over here now. Move! Squidward's screaming uh, never ceases to be good. Um, okay, this is so silly, but you know that like, hey, Squidward, I've got an idea. I wrote in my notes it feels so season two, but of course, I need to quit writing that because you know we're not in season one anymore, obviously. But of course, it feels like season two because this is season two, and this is like just the height of the clever writing um, of the dialogue on this show. Um, the digital animation continues to just look awesome. The kind of like close up, uh, paintings of SpongeBob's feet as he's shuffling. Um, but they're moving back and forth. It's not just a still painting looks so good. Uh, and, um, SpongeBob of course, uh, you know, (laughs) tries after Squidward yells at him to take one step carefully and flies, um, uh, a Krabby Patty into, um, Squidward's mouth. And then, you know, of course is like, Oh no, it's okay. And then, just flies Krabby Patty after Krabby Patty after Krabby Patty. That's Squidward. Uh, okay, I can't be the only one um, who thought of this, but um, he clearly eats a lot of Krabby Patties, and so it made me think, like, oh, this is so, I don't know, interesting, odd. Like, his, you know, of, of course, the famous episode where uh, Squidward tries Krabby Patties for the first time. I mean, I guess we could say, again, there's no canon or timeline in SpongeBob, but... We could, you know, in our in our minds, canon say uh, or head canon. I mix up head canon and mind palace. In our mind palace, we could say that this episode takes place after that episode or whatever. But even the way that Spun or Squidward's uh, thighs are drawn feels so similar. You know what I mean? No one, no. Okay. Um, and then uh, it, it's like the customers are yelling at him, and Squidward's burp is just so manic and so insane. Um, the uh, customers all leave. We get a look at uh, the bathrooms. I I think that this is the second time correct me if i'm wrong but the second time that we've seen the bathrooms in spongebob um i think that uh spongebob cleans them in season one but regardless fun to see those um mr Krabs was of course uh doing a crossword where money is the answer to everything um no pun intended i don't know if that's a pun but uh and then of course all the customers leave and and mr Krabs is freaking out and you would think that like 
So I think that I mentioned on the episode Pickles that I, I get this episode and that episode mixed up a lot because in both of them, SpongeBob forgets how to do something and he has this uh, brief like heart to heart or like, uh, you know, confrontation with Mr. Krabs. And I almost expected Mr. Krabs to take him home to teach him how to, you know, obviously I'm just uh, mixing up in my head the plot to Pickles and this, but I thought it was funny. I at least expected Mr. Krabs um, to, you know, yell at SpongeBob and though maybe not like have like empathy, like, oh, let me teach her or whatever. I expected it to end on like, get it together, SpongeBob or else, but it doesn't. And that's just the brilliance of this writing is there's no time for that. The 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 storyline is so zany and so ridiculous. And of course, the upcoming sequence is going to be so ridiculous um, that there's no time to pause on like, oh, how did we resolve that conversation um, with Mr. Krabs or whatever? And you get that a lot in this um, episode, like SpongeBob panics when he's talking to Patrick and needs to get out of the conversation. Patrick, uh, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah. You know, um, also uh you know uh, spongebob like being threatened by squidward like you can go stand in the unemployment line and spongebob's just like no <laughs> like there's no like oh no i can't do that or whatever of course i mean i guess we get a little bit of spongebob like i am a failure this is all my fault like crying on the floor or whatever but it, it moves so quickly um and the uh resolution to uh you know spongebob is is pumped when he like thinks that mr krabs is going to help him and he asks him, are you going to teach me how to tie my shoes, Mr. Krabs? I don't wear shoes. Oh! Could you show me how to tie my shoes? Uh, fins? Could you show me how to tie my shoes? Well, I would, but sadly, I am only an eel. <laughs> Could any of you show me how to tie my laces? Could you, 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 or you show me how to tie a knot? Could you show me how to tie a simple knot? Could you show me how to tie my shoes? Could you show me how to tie my shoes? Arr, I be just a painting of a head. Doesn't anybody know how to tie a knot? <laughs> did somebody say not? I did. The Flying Dutchman is so good, and I love that they kind of have the, um the liberty to just like throw him in now he there doesn't really need to be like a huge plot reason again just like such a good freaking thing about season two flying dutchman can just have an episode doesn't need to be following an episode who cares who cares if it's a problem unsubscribe from the podcast so the writing on this is just so writery uh, is how I want to describe it. Like, I don't know. I just, I can see me trying to emulate this in, in my writing, like growing up that kind of like, you know, can you t show me how to tie my shoes? Fins. Can you show me how to tie my shoes? I would, but sadly I am in an eel, you know, like that specifically the eels lines are so f funny, but then uh, just like the fun wordplay of, um, SpongeBob, can you, 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 you like show me how to tie a knot? Like, just that really quick succession, same joke over and over and over and over. Um, really, really fun that we see him talk to Painty the Pirate, kind of like world 
breaking in a way like just really silly um and then uh you know the the insanity of the flying dutchman like this this is what i'm saying this episode goes everywhere so quickly nothing is off limits because the problem is just that spongebob can't tie his shoes um and so uh the flying dutchman comes in and he's gonna help spongebob out or at least so spongebob thinks <laughs> behold the pretzel knot the double diamond knot! The square knot! The constrictor! The gut knot! The pillow knot! The butterfly knot! White there's more! The monkey chain! The monkey's fist! The monkey! This one here is a loop knot, otherwise known as the Poop. Poop. Ah, those are great, Mr. Flying Dutchman, sir. Now can you show me how to tie my shoes? <laughs> I don't know how to tie my shoes. I haven't worn shoes for over 5,000 years. But sometimes I like to wear this little sock over me ghostly tail. What? I know I just said that there's no cannon in SpongeBob, but clearly this episode just established the cannon which will come up in a later episode of Mr. Flying Dutchman wearing a little tube sock on his ghostly tail. Um, it's just so delightful to, to hear him like tying all these different knots and SpongeBob just like so tickled by it, especially the poop loop, just that that just makes SpongeBob giggle is really fun. Um, before this, uh, Flying Dutchman's telling Spongebob that he can help him, um, but he tells him to quit staring at him with those big old eyes, and then his eyes shrink, and it's just very funny. I had to shout that joke out, and then I don't know if this will make sense or not, but the, the monkey, the design of the monkey, and the way that he, like, screams just feels very Simpsons to me. I don't know if that makes any sense, but if you know, you know. Uh, and then um, this ending coming up is so cute. So it, it like couldn't have escalated more than it has, right? The literal flying Dutchman has arrived, has dawned uh, on um, Bikini Bottom. Of course, he only ever does that when he's stealing souls, but he's arrived just because SpongeBob is talking about not being able to tie a knot. Um, and it's just so crazy. You're like, where else could it go? And of course, it's going to end with an awesome musical number before we get to that though and and, and close out this um half of the episode uh we need to talk about this band so the band ween perhaps you've heard of them i guarantee you've heard one of their songs but um they were a big uh uh a big hit steven hillenberg was a big fan of um of ween and they were a big influence on him specifically they have uh, an album called The Mollusk. Um, and actually, uh, guest Matt Constant talked with me about this. I don't think it ended up um, making the final cut of the episode, but, um, you know, uh, he was talking about like, oh, it's so cool like that uh, SpongeBob would work with Ween because they've got this uh, album called The Mollusk and it's just super weird and like kind of psychedelic and like very ocean themed. Um, and I was pumped that he brought that up because I'm like, well, that's crazy because and now I'm telling you, the listener, Steven Hillenberg was very influenced by that album, The Mollusk. Um, and uh, he listened to it all the time while he was working on the original pitch for SpongeBob SquarePants. And then as he was working on season one, he listened to uh, The Mollusk by Ween 
all the time. Very, very weird um, album. Um, here, I'll play just like a clip of it for you here. Did you find it? very weird sound right uh that is from the song the mollusk off of the album the mollusk released 1997 uh by the band ween um they're very eclectic not every song um sounds like that but the whole album has this kind of like nautical theme uh like some of the other titles are um uh polka dot tail um uh the blarney stone the golden eel uh, but you no doubt if you've heard them um have have heard them uh or know them for th- this song here That's, of course, the song Ocean Man by Ween, which is a a very popular song in its own right. But then, of course, is also the ending to the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, one of the most epic endings to a movie ever. Um, So huge influence on Steven Hillenburg. um, And I I don't know. I just I love his taste in music because I love Ween. I love the shins. I love Wilco. Um, but so he asked, uh, Ween basically, would you write a song for the show? We'd love to have you, um, be a guest, um, artist on the show. And they wrote, um, this next song here. So you've heard those songs, which just makes me love so much more how odd this next song is. But so anyway, SpongeBob gets to his pineapple home. He's depressed. He's never going to be able to tie his shoes again. And Gary's trying to get his attention. Can't get his attention. Gary uh, roars at him like a lion, um, which he can do. Uh, and um, SpongeBob's like, okay, you've got my attention. Um, <laughs> and Gary ties his shoes. He slides over SpongeBob's shoes and ties uh, SpongeBob's shoes for him, um, and we will close with this song here of of Gary, quote unquote, explaining how he learned how to tie his shoes. I suppose I should say for I love this episode. This is five out of five uh, episode of SpongeBob. We'll close with this song, go to a quick break, um, and then we'll come back uh, for the next one. But Gary, tell us how to tie shoes. Well, I'll be. You can tie shoes. Hop in clams. How did you learn to do that? Wanna learn how to tie your shoe? It's a very easy thing to do. Just sit on down and I'll give you the scoop. What's that? It's called the loop-de-loop. You gotta take a lace in each hand. Go over and under again You make a loop-de-loop and pull And your shoes are looking cool You go over and back, left to right Loop-de-loop and you pull them tight Like bunny ears or a Christmas bow Lace them up and you're ready to go You make a loop-de-loop and pull And your shoes are looking cool And your shoes are looking cool. SpongeBob SquarePants will be back in Snick momentarily, so act like a barnacle and stick around. SpongeBob SquarePants is back in Snick, and they said SquarePants would never come back.
the springtime, a time of fun and frolic for most. But not for this poor slab. Oh, what a beautiful day. And here I am, trapped in a prison of high cholesterol. <laughs> no one ever comes in on Sunday. <laughs> Why can't Mr. Krabs just let us go home? <laughs> SpongeBob, stop ringing this bell. I was just testing it. I will ring the bell when there's an order. But there's no customers. There hasn't been one all day, and there isn't going to be any. One Krabby Patty coming up. No. No, we are back. Uh, to absorb it in yellow with the episode Squid's Day Off. That, no doubt, is a reference to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Does anybody else ever accidentally call it Ferris Bueller's Big Day Off? Well, I don't know why that just feels right. But anyway, Squid's Day Off. This episode looks so good. The animation is so incredible. I'm trying not to use the word freaking now. But um, just like the animation of Squidward like pressing his face up against the glass, shaking his head, running around, moving in, in front of SpongeBob, yelling at him, just looks so good. I don't think that they'd put quite the uh, budget uh, into this animation throughout like the rest of this series. It's not maybe this fluid. Maybe it is. Maybe I just have never noticed. But I don't know. There's interesting, um, especially after like what I said about uh, the first half of this episode being a little bit jumpy. So uh, praise do where it's due. Animation looks freaking awesome. It's springtime here in Bikini Bottom. There are absolutely no customers. Crazy that uh, yeah, I've just I caught myself mid-sentence. I was about to say crazy that they're open on a Sunday because we've learned from other episodes that ordinarily they're not open on Sundays, but maybe they still aren't so we'll circle back to that at the end of the episode um squidward is so pathetic and it's just so fun seeing how sad squidward is i hope that that's not mean um i i <laughs> watching this how do i put this i'm just so happy that i worked at a restaurant for a time i did not enjoy it at the time i will never as much as I can go back. Uh, everybody I think has nightmares about being back in high school and you've got one more test that you forgot to take or something. I have those nightmares, but I also have nightmares that for whatever reason, I have to go back and work at, uh, the kitchen of the sports bar that I worked at through, um, part of high school and part of college. Um, but I, I love that I work there because it's such an experience gives you such an appreciation for the entire service sector. Um, and uh, there's just so many like weird stories and stuff. I'm sure anybody that works at a restaurant can attest to. And if you know somebody who, who, uh, did, I'm sure that they have crazy stories, but also just like that feel of a slow day at work. Um, this of course can apply to any type of work, but especially in a kitchen that just like I'm watching SpongeBob and Squidward and I'm like, I get what that feels like. I also get how nasty kitchen sinks are. So, uh, basically, um, Mr. Krabs will hear all of the change fall on the ground from, uh, Squidward shoving the, um, cash register, uh, complaining about how there's no customers and, and, uh, Mr. Krabs is heartbroken, runs out, grabs all the change. Oh my gosh, my babies, I gotta go clean them in the sink. He drops a dime into the drain. It doesn't fall in and then the dime does this really cute wink thing uh, at the camera. 
and then jumps down the drain um and uh mr krabs um tries to save it no! oh. i got it boy what the it's stuck you gotta help me spongebob You've got to let go of the dime. I can think of ten good reasons to never let go of a dime, boy. There's got to be another way. Grab me captain's quarters and heave! Oh no, not again! charge of things around here while I'm gone. You can count on me, sir. And he's gone. <laughs> so this is what I was referring to earlier, how there absolutely is things falling on people's head humor. So I really just shouldn't have said that earlier in the episode because there 100% is, and I freaking love it and how much they lean into it. It just is so ridiculous, the number of things that fall on his head. And that's kind of one of the moments of this show that's like, this is unabashedly a cartoon. And the show is clearly aware that they don't usually do stuff like this, which is why it's so funny when it happens. And you get a little bit that like bump popping up very like, I don't know if that originated in Popeye or... um in uh looney tunes or what but like when or maybe tom and jerry when something lands on someone's head and they get that like bump that comes up you know <laughs> and just i love the clever writing that mr Krabs. he's a crustacean right he's a, a um oh what are they called i guess it's an, an invertebrate right because he doesn't have a vertebrae he has like the shell on the outside, whatever, whatever his, his shell breaks. And then you get a little bit of that, like flesh underneath or whatever. Funny when used sparingly, uh, I'm not, we don't need to vent about grossness on the show, but so that's freaking funny. And then it just, you know, flies into, um, the, um, rest of the episode. This is why Squidward is in charge for the day. Um, and, Okay, also, I just need to... There's a lot of funny writery jokes, like I was talking about earlier in this uh, episode, too. Um, you know, Mr. Krabs losing his arm and SpongeBob going, not again. Like, they didn't need that joke, but it's just funny, you know? And it's just like... I don't know. It's just funny. I don't know. It's just... I can see myself making jokes like that on the uh, playground because, oh, man, I'm not going to cry, but, like... This is the this is freaking I'm just thinking about <laughs> I don't make any sense, do I? I'm just thinking about how I was talking about earlier about Jay Lender talking about like that's funny and 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 there's something about that that's funny that's not funny in these other cartoons and what is that and how can I emulate that and figure out like why does that work, you know? And I totally with writing like this, like SpongeBob just going, not again, like that's the kind of stuff that when I was a kid, I emulated because I'm like, there's just something about it that's so good. The comedic timing, the silly like juxtaposition of uh, dialogue and all that. It's just so good. And then <laughs> I can think of 10 reasons to never let go of a dime. It's just very funny. I think, not to over explain the joke, but I believe that that is a reference to the fact that dimes are worth 10 cents. Very writery 
joke. Um, okay, so uh, Squidward's in charge. He's pumped about it. You know, uh, get well soon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. More muscles to frown and smile, and so on and so forth. And he is gonna uh, pull a fast one on SpongeBob and give SpongeBob a promotion. My first official act as new manager is to give you a promotion. Oh, really? You get to run the cash register. The cash register? Wow! Squidward, who's going to work the grill? You are. It's part of the promotion I mentioned earlier. You'll be wearing two hats now. You're going to take the orders, then you're going to make them. Uh, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so cute. <laughs> that like, ah, it's like weird. This is so weird. I'm sure that Tom Kenny probably like was hitting his throat while he's doing that. Um, I I don't know if this is intentional. I don't think that it is, but this really works as a commentary on quote unquote promotions, uh, and it's just so perfect. Like the um, kind of it's not corporate cynicism, um, but you know, like uh, managerial bureaucracy. I don't know the the BS of it all, uh, that like the managers, uh, would like grace you with this honor that you get to do more work for the same amount of pay. Um, and of course Squidward would be cynical about something like that or jaded about something like that. And SpongeBob is exactly the type of person that takes the quote unquote, like wrong lesson from that. Like, oh my gosh, I do get to do all this extra work. I do get to wear two hats. Like never a good thing if you're not getting any increase in pay and you're getting more hats to wear um, at your uh, job. Um, so just super silly, simple uh, start to the episode. This episode feels kind of like um, employee of the month to me, just uh, pr probably honestly just from the competitiveness that comes out of it and, and Squidward running back and forth like to the Krusty Krab. Um, and then it also has an air of uh, opposite day just because, of course, Squidward's just trying to tan um, out in his front yard. I love how often he tans. You know, I think that I, in my mind, just always thought like it's just like one episode because of the meme um, that it's in, you know. Uh, but um, he really takes out that tanning chair often, you know. Squidward the Friendly Ghost, the uh, episode where they're not friends anymore, whatever. Um, so uh, Squidward quickly, he's trying to relax, and the episode does a great job of showing the anxiety that one can feel when you're trying to take a day off. I guess there's a couple things at play here. Squidward should be working when he's resting, and so there's some anxiety there. I think that this could also be applicable for just, I know that I'm this way, Sometimes I'm a workaholic. Sometimes I think that just my constant state of mild anxiety makes it so that I can't not work because I'm like, well, if I'm getting ahead, then that tidal wave won't take me over. So you can't actually like not work even when you're trying to not work. So that's happening to Squidward. Well, Squidward, you've really outdone yourself this time. A beautiful day of relaxing and pampering with pay. Mm. I guess I do feel kind of bad for poor little SpongeBob. Oh, by his lonesome. Oh, oh, it'll pass. He's probably just standing at the register with that stupid grin on his face. Hey, SpongeBob. Hey, Patrick. Hey, SpongeBob. Could you give me change for a quarter? No problem. Here you go. 
Thanks. I forgot to tell him how to make change. Oh! Sponge. Ah. Hi, Squidward. All done with those errands? No, I am not. I just remembered I needed change for this dollar. Do you want four quarters or ten dimes or 20 nickels or 100 pennies or one quarter, three dimes, seven nickels and ten pennies? Or if you give me a five dollar bill, your options are... All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, I love how stupid SpongeBob is to Squidward, and I love that we kind of get to see that there. And that sort of cutaway, I feel like, uh, is one of the treats of season two, um, just so that we can do like quick cutaways to that to see SpongeBob from the perspective of Squidward and how dumb he is. And that's just very funny. And then, of course, that introduces the main problem of the episode. Uh, Squidward is trying to take a day off, but he can't because he just thinks that SpongeBob is going to completely destroy the Krusty Krab. And I remember working in a restaurant and having coworkers who were like, quote unquote, more responsible for the restaurant, like either higher up or just like trusted with more. Um, and they hated their job and yet felt some like responsibility to like if this place burns down, I'm out of a job. So I need to make sure that the people that just got hired don't screw everything up. So I enjoy seeing that kind of anxiety um, and paranoia uh, of Squidward playing through the episode. Um, there's just some incredible dialogue writing in this um, in uh, Squidward running back at one point and telling um, SpongeBob that he doesn't like his tone. And SpongeBob genuinely just has like the nicest tone. Um, and it's just like the epitome of like his earnest and uh how squidward just like can't believe that like he quote unquote sees through it like surely um spongebob uh is like trying to pull something on him you know um and then that spongebob genuinely continues to ask him like oh did you finish those errands because squidward has uh he's committing time theft he's like i gotta run some errands you know um and he's of course not doing any errands he's just relaxing well things continue to ramp up and it, and it only gets worse for squidward repeat after me you will not go back to the crusty crab I will destroy the Krusty Krab. SpongeBob! Have you finished? No! That's it. That's it. No matter what sick fantasies run through my mind, I will not go back to that restaurant. Have you finished those errands? 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 Errands, 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 errands. Have you finished those errands? Have you finished those errands? Have you finished those errands? No, I am not finished with those errands, and I never will be! So quit checking up on me! I know what you're up to, forcing me to come back here every time you mess up! But I haven't... Okay, maybe you haven't messed up yet, but you will. You will. And when you do, I'll be there! I'll be there! <laughs> Gosh, Squidward sure is a hard worker. <laughs> the writing is just so good on this. Um, so like for one, just like 
Uh, so Squidward's clearly projecting, right? But I, I just love the the te- the tell of um, Squidward saying like, "Quit checking up on me." Clearly, that's what he's doing to SpongeBob, right? Um, but so it's just so clever that they kind of reveal uh, through Squidward's actions and then some of the dialogue um, that what's happening here, what's broken in Squidward, is that his cynicism his jadedness his paranoia um he projects onto spongebob and then judges spongebob for what's actually inside of himself right um the like it's just really good like i don't know adult writing of like uh uh you know um you just keep uh you don't want me to find out that like you screwed up or whatever, but I have it. Okay. Well, maybe you haven't screwed anything up that kind of like cross talk, you know, like it's just like, so smart, uh, writing, I guess. Um, it, it just continues to get worse, um, for Squidward and this episode gets really weird, man. Um, actually first before that, um, I love just the one line of SpongeBob saying, man, Squidward sure is a hard worker. Um, like I think that there's a couple ways to read that for one. It's just so silly and like, uh, endearing that SpongeBob of course assumes the best of Squidward and he genuinely, um, just is like just working so hard on those errands or whatever, you know? Um, but then I think also there's a way to read that joke of kind of like, we've all had that boss who like, their job is just kind of to like watch over your shoulder, you know, <laughs> and like manage quote unquote you. And I think that what that person would tell themselves and only a SpongeBob would actually think is like, man, they are such a hard worker. They're working harder than any of the rest of us, <laughs> you know, uh, down here at the bottom. It's just very, very fun. Uh, but so then this episode gets very weird. Uh, you can hear the turn in Squidward where he turns into ugly Squidward, which is very much a meme now. Um, and uh, he's insane. He's trying to get himself to relax. Oh, gosh, I need to shout out to It's just there's not much to observe, but uh, I will not think about the Krusty Krab. I will destroy the Krusty Krab. So good. Such good writing. OK, so Squidward, he's taking a bath. He's trying to relax and he keeps hearing SpongeBob. He, he thinks he's hearing SpongeBob. It turns out it's just a branch. Um, and then he thinks that he hears SpongeBob like down in his tub and the camera, quote unquote, like kind of goes underneath the water of his bubble bath. And Squidward looks like a real octopus. I mean, still a cartoon one, but he's got like the tentacles and stuff. He's not like a uh, humanoid and just it's never explained. They never go back to that. So bizarre. And then he goes down the drain, kind of, um, and then goes running back to the Krusty Krab uh, for the last time. Um, someone yells at him for not wearing clothes. But then I love uh, that Patrick is like, all right, Squidward. Like, we're kind of getting a little bit uh, this... I don't know. Not It's not a motif. It's not even really like a staple or a recurring joke. But deep down inside of Patrick is kind of a, a love for nudity. And I mean, I guess that makes sense because he doesn't wear a shirt, but I mean, then Squidward doesn't wear pants, but Patrick's just like, all right. Like, I don't know. I think that Patrick would like to live in 
more chaotic world. Um, but so Squidward makes it back uh, to the Krusty Krab and finally confronts SpongeBob um, for checking up on him. I caught you now. You didn't think I knew you were a stick outside my window huh? or the toilet in my bathroom. And then you were in my bathtub and I and, and you and I and then you swam down the drain and beat me to that crusty crab. Uh, does that mean you're... Yes, SpongeBob! I am finished with those errands. I guess I want to take my place back at the cash register. I really do. Then you might want to put these on. You know what? Look, we forgot to switch the close sign to open. It's almost like we could have taken the whole day off. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Whoa, it was closed the whole time, dude. Okay, so normally that kind of like, uh, I don't know, cheap ending for lack of a better word would like it doesn't bother me but it's just like the ending's not anything you know i gotta say i thought that that twist really is very very clever i don't know why maybe it should be really obvious maybe when you watch this you're like oh close lines probably switched but it got me i thought it was really funny um and then of course what i was referencing earlier i guess the crusty crab still is closed on Sundays. I, I, I don't know. I, I love that it is closed on Sundays um, just because it's like just feels like an old world type of thing, you know, um, but the, but you do wonder, like, Mr. Krabs would never pass up making money on a Sunday. Right. Um, but Squidward has a totally like if you know the show, you'll get what I mean. He, he's got a real courage, the cowardly dog face here. It's very disturbing. It works. I'm sure that that's what they're going for, but it's very disturbing. And then SpongeBob, again, his adult conversation of, does that mean you're finished? And then gets cut off. It's just very funny and very effective. Um, and then that closing reveal is really silly and fun. So I'm going to give this a five out of five too. I, I like your shoes untied more, but like this is just so perfect and we're in the full swing of season two, the best season of the best show ever. And I hope that you are enjoying the best podcast about the best show ever. Absorbent Yellow, SpongeBob, Deep Dive, a product of This American Life. Just kidding. Please don't sue me, um, guy from This American Life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please write a review and your review will get read on the air. Try to write something funny and make me crack or just give me a nice review. Uh, please, I mean, you know, five stars would be freaking awesome. But also, you know, I don't know if you if you give it a three stars. I'm not it's not going to hurt my feelings. Give it a five star. Whatever. I don't know. I feel weird. Tell me what to give it. Um, but also write in to sponge at spamrobots.com with your questions and your thoughts. What are your favorite episodes? What do you expect will be your favorite episode from season two? What was your favorite episode from season one? What other things do you want us to discuss? And then we'll be back next week for the episodes Something Smells and Bossy Boots. Two awesome classic episodes. We will see you then. Goodbye. This is the worst service we've ever had. We're going to the 
chum bucket. 